This is an RNZ podcast. The capital's last daily paper, the Dominion Post, is dropping the word Dominion from its name and its parent company is signalling further change. The DOM, uh, which started 21 years ago as a merger of the Dominion and the Evening Post, is being rebranded to just The Post. That was RNZ's Max Toll on Midday Report back on the 14th of April, the day the front page of the Capitals Daily declared boldly it was under no one's dominion. And as the word itself was a legacy of New Zealand's British Empire past, it was past time to retire it, the paper said, and become simply The Post, a change which kicked in for the first time this weekend. But what was that further change that Max Toll mentioned there? Well, invites for a fancy function at the Beehive last Thursday said there would be a full disclosure by 5.30 that night, sparking speculation that something much more than a symbolic name change was afoot. The editor-at-large at Stuff's big rival The Herald, Shane Curry, had already been reporting in his weekly column that Stuff was planning to bring in digital subscriptions, commonly called paywalls, online around the country. And that was indeed the headline that came out of Thursday's big reveal at Parliament. Let's talk media now, because Stuff will soon begin charging readers for some of its content. Access to its main national news website, stuff.co.nz, will remain free, but... Uh, It is launching a subscription-based service for websites for the press, the Waikato Times and the Dominion Post. Now, for almost 25 years, our biggest publisher of news has put almost all its stuff online for free. So why change now? Well, in a minute, we'll ask the company's boss. But for some, the key question was, what took you so long? Just the day before, Stuff's rival NZME revealed at its annual general meeting that more than half of its news subscribers now have digital New Zealand Herald premium content accounts. But it took the Herald a while to make that leap too. Back in April 2017, Shane Curry, who was then the Herald's managing editor of news, told a journalism conference this. We as an industry made some big errors 20 years ago when, um, when our websites did come live and that we put all of that journalism and content up for free. People are used to that now and there's no going back on that in my view. Um, I do think people will pay for quality journalism, for journalism that's unique, that they can't find elsewhere, that um, is not commodity news. And a year earlier, the NZME chief executive at that time, Jane Hastings, told MediaWatch a paywall was ready to roll back then. They only needed to flick a switch. Have we decided to turn it on um, at this point in time? We're still assessing what's right for this market, recognising that the New Zealand market is different. And even two years before that, TV3 was saying 2014 would be the year of the paywall. The Gisborne Herald, Ashburton Guardian and Whakatani Beacon had all started charging readers already online, and Mark Longley from the latter said this. We just thought it was unsustainable to give your product that you're expecting people to pay for in in a newspaper format to give it away for free online. After the initial kind of shock, people really took it on board and and subscribed. Business publication NBR had already put up an online paywall as well and eventually it ditched its print edition altogether. So in the end, it wasn't until 2019 that The Herald launched its digital subscriptions for premium content at the cost of $5 a week, while still keeping access to its main website free, part of a strategy to make New Zealand's Herald out of what had historically been an Auckland paper and brand. And NZME has now all but hit its target set in 2020 of 210,000 subscriptions by the end of 2023. 
Now, other long-established news publishers have also agonised over the same decision about paywalls. The ODT told its newspaper subscribers back in 2016 it was putting up a paywall online but didn't actually do it until last September, charging $15 a month. Grant McKenzie has been the chief executive officer at publisher Allied Press since 2016. It was yeah, it was a difficult decision because, rightly or wrongly, the industry's done a fantastic job giving our content away for free. People think that they should get news for free, but there's significant costs associating. If you go back to the early days, the, the advertising model was a lot more lucrative than it was today. I'm sure the business models at those times uh, showed it could pay, but um, you know that, that hasn't been the case. Yeah, because the, um, so, yeah. the old digital companies got pretty good at getting in on the game and intercepting the ad income, didn't they? The likes of Google and Facebook oh, well, and so on. Yeah, well, they've, they've done a fantastic job and they've got very sound business models, so uh, yeah, good on them. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I liken it to a bank uh, where you know, you're borrowing money from them and you don't have to pay any interest on it. You know, your business model long term is fundamentally flawed, so you have to have a subscriber content. So once you do bring in uh, the paywall, uh, that you, you go online and it's pretty clear there are stories there that are interesting, but you have to be a subscriber, a little yellow tag on there, that gives you the message you've got to pay. Does that mean the online reach of your news has actually gone down because of putting up the paywall? Uh, we've actually seen growth on our website traffic and unique visitors in particular. So uh, they're up uh, about 10% on what they were the prior year. And ironically, we've also seen growth in our uh, readership on, of our print edition. So Nielsen also do research on readership across the industry and for the December quarter, you know, we were up to 95,000 for the ODT compared to 93,000 the year before. So we're interested growth in both areas. So readership goes up, but what about the actual sales of the print edition, though? I imagine that can't be climbing. I mean, those are in decline pretty much across the board. So it comes back to the point that our subscribers overall between this year and last year are up because we're seeing significant growth in digital and a slower decline in our print subscribers. So you know, overall, that is positive for us. But if some readers did substitute their print subscription for a digital one, because it'll probably be a bit cheaper to do digital only, do you have to make the calculation that, look, in the longer term, even if it's a, a lower yield per subscription, that it's better to get them as paying digital customers uh, before they go elsewhere? Yeah, well, consumer trends are changing, and effectively what we need to do is we need to try and keep up those changes those who that subscribe get benefit benefits than those who don't. That a lot of our traditional uh, newspaper readers love those e editions. Yes, so the e edition is effectively a digital copy, a facsimile of what the actual print paper looks like. That is. So, so it, it, it's we're trying to get the best of both worlds for our customers. So it's interesting that staff have chosen to do it just with their bigger titles uh, initially. But do you expect that at some point their regional uh, titles around the country, including one that's in your neck of the woods, I guess, Southland Times or possibly T- Timaru Herald a bit, a bit further north, those stuff, regional papers now, will be just about the only ones that have a cover price on them that actually aren't, at the very least, offering a digital subscription as well. I'm more worried about my business and what stuff's doing. They, they'll have to make that decision and there'll be a commercial decision, I'm sure, what they will what they will do. But perhaps the consumer at the very least has to uh, has to get used to and expect that uh, free news online certainly won't last forever from papers that actually expect people to pay for a print edition. Well, I agree, but we've also got to look at the reason why we're getting people to pay is the fact that for us, we employ 97 journalists across uh, the, the, the South Island. There's no one else 
um, provides the news that we do in our region. Now, journalism is a cornerstone of a democracy, um, and if we don't have that, it's a real worry for society. That was Grant McKenzie, the Chief Executive Officer at Allied Press, the publisher of the Otago Daily Times, which put up a paywall last September after several years of thinking about it. So that left stuff as just about the last one standing without a paywall until this week. So why now? A question for Stuff's Chief Executive and owner, Sinead Boucher. Over the last couple of years, we had a lot of work to do to sort of stand up as an independent business and you know, a lot of investment to make in the right kind of technology and people and capability. We've come to the point really where we have you know, made those investments and, uh, and rolled out the, the right technology in the business to enable us to launch these new digital products. Um, here they are. What's going to be the cost? Because uh, you didn't say that in the statements on Thursday. If you're a subscriber already for the press or the post or Waikato Times and you get um, the newspaper delivered every day, you will have access to the whole network, not just to your one masthead. Um, and then in terms of new digital subscribers, we will have a you know, introductory offer of $1.99 a week, but our standard pricing will be $5 a week after that. That pretty much matches the standard offer by your rivals at the New Zealand Herald for their premium content subscriptions, which uh, I guess to, to mark their fourth anniversary, they very generously uh, discounted that as well. I'm sure that timing is uh, no coincidence. However, look, there's going to be a new name for the post. Are you also going to change the journalism? The statement spoke of uh, the, the post, uh, formerly Dominion Post, for example, ramping up political coverage and maybe more sort of national issues. Uh, the statement also said, look, the press and Waikato Times will continue with their specific local focus in, in their regions of Canterbury and Waikato, but you know, perhaps some suggestions that other types of issues, environmental issues, for example, the press will be... Are you, are you changing the focus of these and maybe trying to make the newly renamed Post a more of a national publication? First of all, you know, we will still have stuff.co.nz as our major daily news site, everything people want to know there and then. And then the masthead sites will um, provide a, you know, unique set of subscriber-only content that is different from stuff. And for those different mastheads, that will be a different recipe depending on the audience they serve. So, you know, the press is really not only everything about Christchurch, it's about the issues that really matter to Canterbury and to the mainland. And there are some specific issues down there that really are important to um, the people who live in that part of the country, and that's what that editorial team will be really focusing on. Um, ditto in Waikato, you know, uh, again, there's a specific set of stories, issues, topics that that audience is really interested in as they relate to their region. And here in Wellington, um, where I'm based, the Post will still be the paper for Wellingtonians, but in the digital uh, site particularly, and under the banner of the Post, it's about reinvigorating and you know resetting you know, what this paper's publication is all about. Post will be the paper of the capital. So anything you need to know about what's happening in the corridors of power, what decisions are being made or likely to be made in government or in the public service or what regulation is coming down the pipeline, all those things, they affect everybody, right? And they particularly affect um, businesses and um, people trying to make decisions about um, their own lives. So the Post will really um, uh, sort of increase its content mix to double down on those topics as they would be interesting to people anywhere in the country, not just Wellingtonians. So what are you then withholding from those three titles 
that the freeloaders who just hook into stuff.co.nz, what will they be missing out on because you're asking people to pay in those three other locations? Stuff readers won't be missing out on anything that they don't already consume every day. We are, we're specifically creating a new, um, a new sort of environment and specific focus on that masthead subscriber content. Now, some of that is already, you know, obviously created every day out of those fantastic newsrooms, but it can get lost on stuff in terms of you know, all the things that are happening through the country. So I, I think in general terms, if something is live, if it's breaking, it's what's happening today, if that's what role stuff will play. But the journalism that's specific to different regions, um, you know, and audiences, and is a much more of a lean back subscriber experience that will be on the paid for digital sites and in print too, of course. So when you log in, for example, to the Otago Daily Times website, you can see clearly yellow tags on the items on their homepage that clearly indicate that those are uh, subscriber-only content. You can't see them, can't read them if you haven't paid up. Is that going to be the same experience for people logging on to the sites of The Post, The Press and Waikato Times from now on? No, not quite, because um, in their instances, they are like a single masthead site Everything they produce goes into that one, um, you know, either the ODT or the NZ Herald. But for us, we have stuff as the, you know, biggest site in the country, um, and that will all remain free. And on the separate masthead sites for the press, the post, and the Waikato Times, they will be subscriber access only. So, of course, we will be, you know, making sure people can have a taster of that content, see what's there. Um, but to read the stories and to, um, you know, consume the whole experience, you will need to be a subscriber. So your regional papers, you have six other titles which are not having paywalls attached to them, the likes of, say, the Timaru Herald, Southland Times or Manawatu Standard, just to name three of them. Why not attach paywalls to those? Or is this coming down the pipeline that people will have to pay to get all the content from those titles as well in the future? Yeah, what we thought we would do is focus initially on our three biggest masthead titles and get the product mix right for those as, as far as we could see, launch them out there and see you know, how people respond, what do we need to tweak, um, what could we add, and then you know, look to do the regionals um, and the Sunday Star Times after that. But the cost of print is going up. I mean, literally even the cost of the paper has been a real issue over the last year. Circulation's been in decline for some time for the bigger titles and the smaller ones. Does the launch of digital subscriptions bring forward the time when some titles do literally go out of print and, you know, available electronically only uh, in the future? I don't see that. I don't see that. Look, you know, none of us um, could say how um, how much longer newspapers and print will be, but all we can say is that they still have a very long and vibrant future ahead of them, and that's based on the demand from our subscribers and people who just pick one up in the supermarket or a cafe, and for our advertisers as well. Like, you know, I think that's where we've been really pleased with how stable our subscriptions and advertising has been, particularly coming through the post-COVID years. Um, and we're now looking for opportunities to grow further into digital and, and being able to fund that journalism as well. Well, your rivals at NZME set a target in 2020, which they say they've now reached, and uh, by the end of 2023, they wanted, I think, 110,000 subscribers, and they're already there for premium content accounts. What's your target for uh, converting subscribers uh, to digital and indeed attracting new ones if you can? 
We certainly have those targets internally and um, and are sort of confident of being able to reach them. But um, we have uh, a different ownership structure. We don't need to necessarily report those things. Well, you, you could report them publicly on this programme if, if you wish to. I could, I could report them to my AGM of one. That was the chief executive and owner of Stuff, Sinead Boucher.